As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Mavs Sports Take, episode 77. This is an inside look to the business of sports and on some unmuzzled sports talk with myself, Ryan Roberts, at Rise and Draft on Twitter. And, of course, joined by 18-year scouting vet across the NFL, CFL, and Arena League football um, including how many how many championships they have in three straight with the Arizona Rattlers? You know, just three. Straight. You got the bling on. You got the bling on. He doesn't have the no. bling on. Mister David Turner is joining me, of course, also the owner of Maverick Sports Consulting here live on a Tuesday evening to talk a little College Gridiron Showcase and their new um, unveiled, which is a really exciting thing for me. It's called the Combine Academy. Um, we're going to go really in-depth with that with the executive director of the College Ground Showcase, good friend of mine, Mr. Jose Jefferson. We'll talk a little bit of the Combine mishaps, the NFL scouting Combine, that is, and a uh, quick pivot by the NFL to uh, save face a little bit over the bubble issue when we had 150 players threatened. We're not, we're not going agents like nah we're good we're good we're not gonna go compete and then we also have mr jackson scott brown coming on in a little bit who is a part is in the player pool for the usfl if you're not watching usfl is getting announced uh part of the draft tonight uh some immediate reactions on that maybe we'll we'll see we'll keep our remarks until next week when we see the full rosters but david before we bring jose on and we introduce this awesome new event college ground showcase as unveiled as always how are you my friends I'm doing well. It's just been a, it's been a bang up. You know what? I love the Super Bowl weekend. I was super busy, super great. This weekend, I got to spend a lot of time with friends and family. And my daughter and I did a whole thing yesterday with the President's Day. We went to a thing called Main Event out here where we got to do bowling, arcade games, and then nice. she went roller skating with one of her friends, and it was just great. So, you know, I. I don't know who else got to take advantage of President's Day like I did, but I was I was thrilled to have the three-day weekend. And now here tonight, bang, we got a loaded show ready to go, as we always do. And we're going to talk about some hot topics. We're breaking some good news here, with the starting off with Jose. And yep. um, I can't wait to talk to Jackson. I mean, obviously a friend of the program. We've been tracking his you know career for a couple of years now. I love that he pops on and keeps us informed of what's going on. And it shows really the the travels of some of the guys that don't make it to the NFL and aren't first-round picks, what they're willing to do to continue to play this game that we all love. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately for my President's Day, I, I was spent uh, writing articles all day while my my wife and my daughter had some fun outside of of, uh, of the household. So uh, missed out on the fun family time like Mr. David Turner. But still, 
the show must go on. We want to unveil the College Ground Showcase, which is the largest postseason all-star football event in the country, which I am a part of, announced the creation of the College Gridiron Showcase Combine Academy to record accurate data for college football players in the transfer portal, which we've talked about a ton. There's a lot of guys in there right now. The NAIA level and junior college. It is going to be similar to a college pro day and national combines. Players will be giving official measurements, which will include weight, height, arm, uh, arm length, hand size, and wingspan, as well as the 40-yard dash, pro agility shuttle, and standing broad jump. The players will also perform position drills and uh, kind of get all those verified measurables, which are so very important, especially now uh, with some people lacking opportunities. This will be in Fort Worth, Texas on May 13th and 14th. We will give a little bit of information as far as players out there that are interested in the event. We'll give you some um, introduction if you are a potential partner that may want to get involved in the event. And we're going to bring on Jose in just a second. Before we do, a little inside look into the College Ground Showcase Combine Academy. And if you are not watching us live on YouTube or on Twitter, you just heard a lot of awesome music, but I promise you should go to listen to YouTube and you should check out, uh, obviously, a great graphic and introduction to the event. Now bring it on, Mr. Jose Jefferson, Executive Director of the College Ground Showcase. Jose, appreciate you for hopping on, man. How's everything been? It's good, man. I'm excellent. I'm blessed. It's all busy, but um, it's it's a lot of good things going on, so I can't complain. Well, Jose, I uh, I gave a little brief introduction into what the the uh, the academy is going to look like a little bit, the Combine Academy. But I would love if you could just go a little more in depth. Talk us through where the idea came from. Why is this necessary right now? You know, um. There's been a, I mean, I, I can't sit there and say I, I take all the credit for this. I, I think I'm just the, the one that's crazy enough to actually try to do this, but uh, I, I can't, I'm not doing this alone though. I, the idea stemmed from probably about two or three different sources. The first one's going to be uh, tracking football who Mark Branstead, who you've met. Um, they were talking about um, having all these kids, I think at last count for them was 6,574 kids in the transfer portal um, with no verified information, just name, school or former school, email, Twitter handle, blah, position and, and go from there. And then uh, one of my former teammates, uh, when I played in the Arena League, uh, he was a scout for a lot of years, Mark Lillibridge had said, you know, you know, we could do workouts just like a, you know, free agent workout, blah, 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 blah you know, but there's no access to the portal. So it was kind of a, you know, the stars lined up pretty good to where Mark kind of put that in my ear, Lillibridge, and then Mark Branstead from Trekking Football has the portal, and then College Gridiron Showcase has the branding. You know, we are known, you know, like for the last eight years of of being able to handle a lot of numbers, um, being able to produce measurements, being able to produce film, and, and quality players. So, you know, I rolled the dice on it and said, you know, let's give it a shot and see what the response is going to be. And so far from the entities, and I say the entities, NFL, CFL, college, it's been amazing. They, they're, they're, I guess what they're trying to compare us to is a college version of Blessed Door National because those kids don't get those measurements until their junior or senior year. But now if you're in a transfer portal, you're basically out in no man's land and, and nobody really knows who you are. So um, Mark Branstead had said about 
55% of those kids in a transfer portal will probably end up getting placed. It's the 45% that, that is not getting served or just sit there. So I think this is what, what this combine Academy will do is focus more on that 45% of those players. Now I know when you uh, hold the college gridiron classic and do all the stuff that you do, you know, uh, you usually have a huge NFL turnout. Like now with these kids being in school currently, and there's all these rules on when and where and how you can visit them. I know as a former Bletcho scout for, you know, Carolina, I used to have to travel the countryside to do all these, you know, junior days. How are you going to uh, accommodate NFL teams and their rules and regulations? Are they going to grant you special permission to allow their scouts to be there? Um, things of that nature. And then are you going to, you know, provide the NFL teams obviously with the numbers measurables, but are you going to do any kind of questionnaire for the kids to help them? Or are you going to do anything for the transfer portal to help them? And what kind of, I guess, participation do you anticipate having from college, you know, teams coming there? Long-winded question. Um, so. No, that's great. No, they, and they're all valid. Um, first and foremost, um, only, only Division two, Division three. NAIA and junior college coaches um, and FCS schools are allowed to attend if they want to. FBS cannot, NFL cannot, CFL cannot. Um, and so what we are doing um, to accommodate them is to live stream it. So everything you see will be live streamed. Um, you know, we're, we're actually trying to get Ryan to come down and, and run a, run a little show there for us and, and, and be able to talk about some of these players. We're going to film it as well too, and, and kind of give as much live feed as possible. Now, as for the information, the CGS college Grand showcase is just the order taker, you know, and we're going to, we're going to fill all this information up the best we can, and it will go to tracking football and sports source analytics and what they do with it is their business. You know, we're kind of the intermediary. I mean, and what I mean by that is, they have all the names in the contacts. We have all the know-how with with doing it, and so those worlds are, are meshing. And quite honestly, that information is not valuable to me. It's valuable to the kids, and it's valuable to the evaluators, the colleges, and tracking football because they can do much more with it than I can. So our goal is just to be as accurate as we can. Um, you know, we have guys that work the regional combines. Um, I've done NFL internships. Little Bridge was a scout for years. So we have guys that are experienced at doing proper measurements. Um, we're doing electronic 40s. So everything that we're going to get is going to be very, I mean, probably as close to verified. I mean, and I, and I kind of laugh at that word verified. I think we all know how to use a tape measure. We all know how to use a centimeter uh, chart and all the rest of that stuff. But since we've done this for so long, um, we're a little bit more trusted than most just, you know, saying, Hey, we're just going to go out there and do a workout. But um, the information will be housed by tracking football and then given to their clients. And I think they're over, over 80, 80, 85 colleges. And I imagine with this information that will grow. And I, I, like I said, I wish I had a better answer with how it's going to get distributed. All we're doing is recording it all. And um, that's where the value for the kids comes in because they're just sitting on a portal right now with a name and email address, a position well, and a former school. Will HBCUs be able to attend? Absolutely. I mean, the, Here's the deal. Anybody who's not in the transfer portal 
it doesn't matter what school you're from. So if you're an HBCU kid and you're in transfer portal. No, I was thinking attend, the HBCU schools oh, could attend to in person. No, they can. No, no. And here's, here's the kicker. And, and that's no secret here. So it's not like I'm telling, you know, these secrets, but when you are in the transfer portal, guess what? You're just like a regular student. You're not on a team anywhere. You might still be in school, but you're, you're just a student. You're not an athlete. So that takes you out of the NCAA's grasp, number one. It's just like JUCO and NAIA. Since they're not governed by the NCAA, they really can't say much. So that's why we put on there transfer portal kids, JUCO, NAIA kids. But um, as for anybody in terms of the HBCUs, they need to be in the transfer portal just like the rest of the, of the kids that you know are looking for new schools. In fact, I have a list right now, and I was just telling Ryan off air. Um, it's New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Arkansas, and there's about 560 kids on that list just from those five states. And some of those kids are from HBCUs, um, you know, because they're sitting in a transfer portal. Really good. I mean, when you when I looked up some of these kids. Pretty good ball players, and from what I understand, the trend is is a lot of kids that are up are going down, you know, because obviously they either they made a mistake on on the school they made because there's too many at their position, they didn't fit in or what have you. But that's been the trend. And as for what we're doing in terms for the questionnaire, we have we have questionnaires from the NFL. We've developed our own questionnaires. Um, that's the that's going to be a, a a mainstay with these kids is to be able to fill out these questionnaires and quite honestly the main question is going to be do you have access to your transcript um because that that's the telltale you know you can run a four three and a 40 be six three 225 pound receiver but if nobody can find your transcripts and you can't prove that you're eligible to get into school it's all for not so um we put a lot of thought in this and I think as of today, we're like 80 days out. So we're waiting, you know, to get this in. And in terms of response, it's been very good. You know, everybody wants information. And uh, that's why we made the highlight video because not a lot of these kids shouldn't know about CGS yet because they're not seniors, you know. But now that we've shown them, we've done this before. We've been around we're going on year nine. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we get, you know, over 150 scouts a year. Uh, to come to the event and now even the nfl teams are saying hey can we get access to this and i had an nfl scout tell me if this goes away they think it will will kind of be the blesto national of college because they don't do the portal you know nobody does the portal yeah all right, and only 80 days out, man. That, th that thing's going to creep up very quickly here. Let me ask you this, Jose. Yeah. Obviously, we, we highlighted, you know, the on-the-field things, right, and the measurements, all that good stuff. What about the education for these players? I feel like there's a very absence right now in education to navigate the portal. Like, these kids are just going in, right. and I feel like they don't have the actual knowledge to know how to navigate it correctly, talk to these schools, make a, 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 a – um, a concerned and appropriate decision on their future. What are you providing on in this event as far as educational to them? Right. It's a, it's going to be a two, two day event. And Ryan, you've been to CGS to where the educational component is huge with us. So that first 
afternoon, half day is going to be there registering, you know, height, weight measurements and things of that nature, but also seminars. Um, we're going to talk about NIL. We're going to talk about how the portal works. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk to their parents. And those things are planned in terms of half hour increments just to give them, you know, uh, and that's, I don't want to say words of wisdom, but just some some things to take home with them. Um, I mean, this is new to all of us. So, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fortunate to where I'm an administrator at an NAI, a sports administrator at an NAI school. So I work with this daily, but not a lot of kids do like, I mean, we, we will even talk about agents that kids don't know that they can talk to an agent all they want. They just can't sign anything, you know, in terms of the, the football prowess. And now with the NIL, you know, we have a couple of, you know, Craig Red, who's, you know, co-founder, Rod Newhouse, who's, you know, one of our board of advisors. They're all in the NIL as well, too. So that's a huge part. And I'm excited for that because now it's just not come, get timed and get out of here. We're going to educate them on, on what we're going to do with these numbers. We're going to have, you know, tracking football, talk to them, you know, via uh, a webcast or, or what have you. Um and, and explain what's going to happen with all this stuff. Explain to them that this is your property as well, too. If you want to take this and shoot it to um, Nick Saban, then so be it. You know, it's it, it's your it's your property as well, too. So a lot of good things are coming out of this. And, um, you know, the I got asked the other day, do I think there'll be a lot of copycat people to do this? I don't know. And, and quite honestly, I don't care. Um, my purpose of doing this is I, I want to serve the underserved, which is, what we do at CGS as well too. I mean, and Ryan, you've been with us. I don't, I don't care to have all the first rounders and all the top guys. I want the guys that were like me when I played, you know, I mean, under the radar guys that, I mean, I'd spent five years playing professionally and probably shouldn't have because of, you know, my body where I went to, where I went to school and, and all the factors that were against me. And this is the same way to where if we can get 45% of those 6,000 kids, we, we, we probably won't be able to service all of them but we'll be able to service a good chunk and anybody who wants to come and try to do this, they're going to have to come up to our bar where we're setting because we're doing a lot of things for these kids. I mean, we're going to have Will Shields, Hall of Famer Will Shields with our offensive line, which I think is an amazing <laughs> guy to teach you how's, what it takes to be in the pros. And we'll have a, for, a lot of former NFL guys coming running the drills. Um, it, it's going to be at a great venue. And the city of Fort Worth is behind it. So, I mean, it's a it's a plug and play from what we did with CGS. But I, like I said, I think the more if we get this first one under our belt, it's probably going to explode through the summer and, and probably be something to where college is. I've been asked already by a university. I won't say their name, but they had asked if they could host one of these, which I thought was very, you know, encouraging that they would want to do this. And we haven't even done one yet. So expect to see a lot of, I imagine, NCAA regulations or, or whatnot, but they could be just like NIL or, or COVID and just go do whatever you got to do and get through it. Because, you know, let's be real. There's so many kids right now playing football. It's not even funny. You know, and uh, they kind of took I talked to somebody at the uh, NCAA and they they kind of took um, what I said to heart because I said, bring back freshman football. If that's the case, yeah. you know, I mean, I I'm, I'm dating myself, but I remember the freshman teams that colleges used to have in the games and the schedules that they used to play and that that will take care of the portal. That'll that'll 
even the numbers out quite a bit if they do that. But, you know, evidently there's, you know, Alabama doesn't make enough money to have a freshman team. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we won't explain their, We won't go into their bookkeeping at Alabama. Yeah. But um, how does a player? How does a player? You talked about not being able to serve them, but how does a player apply for the event? How do how do they go through uh, the potential partner? And how would a potential partner approach you? You know, what who are you looking for as a potential partner in this? You know, um, getting with the player, we have we have access through tracking football to where they're giving us information and we're reaching out to all of them. I mean, we're actually going to do a shotgun approach uh, to this to let all of them know that this is accessible to them. Um, and if they want to apply, they can apply. And, and there's a, there's some literature that we have that explains everything what Ryan kind of had said in the, at the top of the show and it has our contact information. And if they're interested, they have to email us and then we'll give them everything from there and then. And that's kind of how the players can start. And, and like I said, we're making a shotgun approach, uh, with this because we don't know what we don't know. Um, as for partners, um, <clears throat> being very, very transparent with this um it's going to be a little different because now you're talking college kids and um the it's different than the pro uh than cgs because those guys are going pro and now with nil um you know i'm, I'm pretty open and, and flexible to to who is ever open to this because we're going to be regional so one of these we're looking at, you know, doing this in the West location like Vegas or Phoenix. We're looking at um, a Midwest to Mid-Northeast location like Indy or even the East in New York or South Florida, Atlanta. So um, anybody who feels that, you know, they want to contribute to what we're doing, um, is it necessary? I mean, we always want sponsors, but I'm not banging down anybody's door to do this because, quite honestly, I don't know how this is going to go. We can get 20 guys or I can get 2000 guys. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for the latter, you know, that we can't handle it. But um, from what I've heard so far from responses, like I said, the colleges, the CFL teams, the NFL teams, um, even the USFL, because now they take 19 year olds mm -hmm. um, to their league. And I know about three or four scouts from that league who are very interested in the information. And as we know, we're all football guys. There's that Juco kid that may not qualify academically at a place. And if he tests off the charts and that USFL is there for him, you know, who knows? But um, I, I think in terms of sponsorships, we're, we're pretty much a first we try it, then we'll trust it <laughs> type of situation. But I definitely think that there's some room for it in Fort Worth um, is just a starting point. And um, I'm excited for it. I mean, and, and we, I haven't gotten any shoe, uh, shoe companies or anybody that, that wants to jump in, but I can tell you one thing for sure. Some of these kids, I, I looked at some of the names of some of these kids, pretty darn good players on some of these. I'm shocked some of them are in the portal, but, you know, they all have their stories. Yeah. Well, Jose, we really appreciate you taking uh, so much time with us. Maybe I, the last thing I just want to ask before you hop off is, you know, I know this is a little more, like you said, it's going to be a regionally based thing, right? So this isn't just at Fort Worth like it is a college ground showcase kind of deal. But just talk to us about Fort Worth a little bit and why it's such a special place to CGS. I think that would be a great way to end it here. You know, um, 
I've, I've been to, I've been fortunate as um, a coach and as a player to be, I've been to all 50 States except for Alaska. Um, I have no desire to go to Alaska. I mean, Alaska is like a place to where you're either running from something or running to something. And so I've never been up there, but um, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska originally. And out of all the places I've ever been in my travels, Fort Worth is a place that reminds me the most of Omaha. And, um, you know, the skyline, being an old cow town, um, the size. I mean, even the familiarity is it's so much like Omaha that it's to me, it's Omaha South. <laughs> and um, it is. And I, and I love it there. And they spoil me rotten there. And we've been in Bedford, um, Arlington, Addison, and now Fort Worth. And they have treated us the best out of anybody. They act like they want us there. And so um, it's fitting for us to start there um, with this. And they've, they've welcomed it because they only expect one event out of me a year. And now they're going to get two and potentially three. And they've been very integral with, with me with other locations because they know people in Vegas, Phoenix. They know people in Indy. They know people in Atlanta or in Florida. And they're, they're like, we'll be happy to call them for you to get things set up. So if this thing goes as well as I, as I plan it to, it's not going to be very hard to go get venues. I've already been asked uh, to come do this at my high school in Omaha nice. um, at our field. I mean, so that's why I know it's going to be a lot bigger than what I anticipate. And will we be able to get all these kids? I don't know, but I tell you what, we're going to find out in Fort Worth. Um, and we're at, we're going to be at Arlington Heights high school and they're excited. Oh yeah. They, they volunteered the, the field for us to do it. Brand new field. Yeah. I was shocked too. Cause I'm thinking, you know, how much is this going to cost me? And they're like, Nope, we just want you here. Nice. And I'm like, I'm like, great. And it's a beautiful field. I mean, brand new turf and what do you need? And we'll get you the pads and blah, blah, blah. You know I mean? So they're excited as we are, but, um, Fort Worth is, is in, you know, we're, it, they need us and, and we need them. So it's, it's a, it's a pretty good marriage right now. I love it. Well, again, Jose Jefferson, executive director of the college ground showcase, give us a little insight to the newly announced college ground showcase combine Academy. Jose, this was awesome, man. We're going to have to have you back on maybe after the event to just kind of recap everything, brother, but appreciate it. And I will see you down in Fort Worth. Yes, you yeah, will. You need anything you, from Mavericks or from me, just let me know. You know, I, well, I'm not bashful. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Jose. Appreciate you, brother. Take care. All right. David, a lot to unpack there, man. A lot to unpack. Uh, just reaction real quick, for, just from what you heard about the um, about the, the Combine Academy, the College Ground Showcase is putting on. I know there's a lot of layers to it, right? Because there's talking about some kids that are NAIA, Division two, Division three, but then also the transfer portal, man. I, I feel like nobody's really been able to navigate it from a – Let's get verified measurables here for colleges to really understand because, I mean, they just haven't been able to see these players. They are just a name in the portal like like um, Jose kind of put up, put, uh, put it to us. Right, unless you, were, unless you recruited this kid uh, in high school coming out, yep. you might not have gotten eyeballs on him and then you, you might not have gotten to be able to see what he really looks like. So something like what Jose is doing, which is giving verified measurables, film, Mm-hmm. of a kid moving around yep. hopefully they have enough cameras to film from the right angles and they able to chop them up and everything i know when i did combines 
that was one of our biggest things was the time it took to chop up every player and then put it all together and sync it and get the film to the kids and to the coaches and to the NFL teams. The obviously the bigger your numbers, the the more difficult that becomes. Even with jersey numbers and things on it, it just becomes, you know, time and tedious yeah. with the numbers. It's a numbers game. Yeah. But that all being said, I think what he said was a very accurate um, depiction of what he could become with it is being like a Bledsoe for college. Because, you know, a lot of high school kids don't even get measured correctly. Right. And now you have transfer portal kids and they're, you know, they're, you're asking people to give up a scholarship uh, for them. So, yeah, it could be a really interesting thing. Um, the more he talked, the more I thought of, like he said, a lot of kids that are up, maybe, a, you know, out in Oklahoma are transferring down to get their playing time for two years or something. Yeah. And getting out of Dodge because the coaches went and, make commitments to other people and he just feels like he's not going to get the time. So that's where I was, at. I was asking him about the, um, the HBCUs mm-hmm. and lower level colleges to be able to have access to the information in order to then recruit from that pool that he has sure. in place, because, you know, those kind of colleges, they have limited scouting budgets and limited recruiting budgets. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, where it's one huge pool, like let's just say, you know, Jose gets 2000 kids there yeah. and they're in the, you know, in transfer per- portal. It's like, good Lord. Like, you know, you could, f- you can house how many, like 20 college teams at a hundred, you know, just from that. So, you know, you could go and pick, have a pick of the litter and get, be able to compare and start the recruiting process and get some of these young men, you know, obviously, opportunities but also these programs can grow quicker as well with this type of opportunity to weigh measure and move them around a little bit so that's what's interesting to me and again it'll be interesting to see like he said how the nc2a sets rules you know if they just let him go and do his thing you know no harm no foul or if they try to regulate it yeah because of what you know he might his popularity and stuff might grow like really quick so it'll be interesting how they react to him, but I think it's a great thing anyway, which about it, because it's an opportunity to like, we all know, give a fair shot to every kid. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and um, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of good to it, to be honest with you. And there was a lot of things that I was curious about. And I think the educational aspect of it too is, is huge for me. Right. Cause I feel like a lot of these kids are just going into the portal without the understanding of actually how to navigate it correctly and what the, what the questions they need to ask and having the available, like you talked about, like the main question is, do you have a transcript? Can we get you into school? That is a big, obviously, a, um, a function of, of this event. So a lot of great things. We're going to try to bring on Jackson again. Hopefully, we maybe – Jackson, say something for me. No. Oh, no. oh man. Oh, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening, David. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to him about it too, man. I was so excited because this is, I mean, honestly, he sent me the link when he, um, when he got kind of the, the email verification and I was so excited for him, man. Cause again, like he's a really good football player, right? Like he's a really good player when he was at Northern Iowa. I thought he was, I still think that he is an NFL caliber player in the sense that I think that he could he could be on a roster, in my opinion. I thought that his film was that good. And he's a big kid. He had good size, physical, strong, workout kid. Like, he, everything is there, in my opinion. It's just that when he came out, 
the situation did not dictate success, right? Like we've talked a lot about it. When when he came out, it was when you know if you didn't have a combine invite, that was the year that all star games were getting canceled, right? And that was when um, you know th- th- that's when all the kids were just trying to take videos of the of um of the pro days all got canceled, right? They were all t- trying yeah. to take videos and get they're trying to take videos and find ways to like you know promote yeah. themselves because they didn't know what to do and. And again, Jackson, I, I saw at a combine. He he took it upon himself to show up to one of the combines I was at. Yep. I saw him in person. Then I, I invited him to a second one. And, you know, I was really impressed by him. Um, when oh God, was it Spring League was going on mm-hmm. and he hadn't made an NFL team, I contacted Jerry Glanville, yep. who was a head of coach of one of the teams. I said, Hey, Jerry, you need to, you know, he's a former coach of mine from the um UNF. <laughs> UFL. Uh, so I called Jerry and I was just like, Hey, you got to get this kid on. He's going to be your starting left guard. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, he's, he's a big, you know, hog mauler that you're going to love. You know, he's a bully. Yep. And he was like, okay, let me check him out. And then he, he wound up playing for Jerry and you know, the rest was history. And now he's in the USFL. And I think it's great. You know, I can talk really quick um, before we try to get him back on one more time. Um, yep. Is that I, I have friends that are GMs in this league, this USFL and he's, it's not easy to get in this draft pool. Um, a lot of kids have have been going through the ringer because you know it's you got to submit your tape, verify all your um, your information, and then and then go to uh, through a whole re, you know evaluational process and everything else. And once you do all that, then then you get into the pool. So, I mean, he had to jump through like three to seven hoops in order to get into the pool. And then once he got in now, you know, it'll be exciting to hear his name. I'm sure it will be announced that tomorrow night or the night after whenever they announce the offensive line. But, you know, Fox taking over the whole process. And they have very limited staff. It, the evaluational process, everything else became um, very tedious from what I understand for these GMs and coaches. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, we get Jackson back on. Obviously, some technical difficulties on there, but it's exciting to see. Dave, what's your thoughts about the, the the draft format? Let's not go too much into like some of the guys that are getting picked, but like, all right. So, all the first round is just quarterbacks, right? And then the second round is just defensive linemen. Do you like that? I feel like I don't know. I'm no, like, don't tell me how to build my team. Right, you know better, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was just like, eh. like, don't tell me how to build my team because. My strategy would have taken the best pass rusher or best left tackle in the first round and then picked up a quarterback in the second if I didn't have one of the top three picks because the reality is I could I can if I don't have one of the top three quarterbacks, yeah, I'd rather buy him more time or get a guy who can sack him and then pick up my quarterback in the second round, you know, and in this kind of draft where you only have eight teams, you can strategize a lot differently when building the team. I know when I was in Canada, we only had nine teams, right? Mm-hmm. We we strategized a little differently because we could do better math on rosters and stuff. It wasn't like trying to track 32 teams and 32 <laughs> movements. It was only seven other teams so or eight other teams. So your draft strategy and your math can be added up a lot differently uh, yeah. with with that. And uh, so I, w- I, d- I don't like it because now you're, you're you're totally dictating how I draft. And, well, and you're control, you know, you're a control freak, man. I knew you wouldn't like it. <laughs> I like to outthink my opponent. And this isn't giving me an ability to outthink my opponent because you're telling me I have to draft a quarterback. If, I, if I'm in the first round and I can take the best pass rusher at the fourth pick overall, mm-hmm. I'm going to take him. 
Yeah. And we're going to get upfield and we're going to build a defense and we're going to have a rock and sock and defense. And when game day comes around, I'm going to turn the ball over. We're going to have DBs picking the ball. We're going to put the quarterback we do get in the best position with short fields to score and get that offense the best opportunities to score. I don't need you to tell me how to build my team. I've been doing it for 20 years. I don't need that. Get, get, take my handcuffs off. Let me go to work. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. Well, Jackson, I think, is back in behind stage. So let's try another time. Oh, there's a black screen. Jackson, I don't know if you're there, but now we have a black screen. <laughs> Jackson's a bit bigger than that. I know that. <laughs> oh, man. Looks like it's not going to happen, unfortunately. Ah, that's a shame. We'll have to have him back on after he's selected. Maybe next week we'll try again. Uh, yeah. All right, let's pivot then, David. We'll talk a lot about uh, next week. We'll, we'll we'll hopefully get Jackson on here. We'll talk about some of the USFL, obviously, happenings with some of the picks. Shea Patterson, former Michigan quarterback, first overall pick, by the way. I don't know if you saw that one. But let's go. <laughs> I love that face that you just made. That was a great face. Uh, let's, let's go and set it for our final segment here. Let's talk about the big news that's happened over the last couple days. We know that we are, I mean, today, right now, as we're recording, is what, the 22nd? Is that what we're on today? We're on Tuesday, baby. Yeah. 2 22, 22. Oh, yes. On a Tuesday. We're I on saw Tuesday. that. Earlier. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. It literally is Tuesday. That's fantastic. Yo, so we're recording on the 22nd. The combine, not the on the field stuff, but the reporting begins on March 1st. So we are very close to the beginning of this event. It was two days ago, right? Was that when the, I think it was two days ago this report came out? You know, Ian Rappaport and and Schefter do their thing. Here you go, guys. Um, so there's a bu- bubble situation, man. Bubble situation where there's a lot of stipulations, obviously, about who can come in, who can come out. And it kind of shakes everything up really quick because I think the kind of the big uproar about it was a lot of these players and these people, you know, the trainers that are going to be there and agents and all that type of stuff, right? All of a sudden, they get this thing that's like pretty last minute, right? Because it's only a couple weeks left. And they kind of get this curveball thrown at them that there's going to be this bubble situation. And I think they just wanted a little more of like, hey, can we get a little more of common courtesy, maybe a little more foresight into this situation? This has to be something that you guys were thinking about for a little bit now, right? This isn't something that you just decided two days ago and then you put it into, into motion. So there is an uproar and agents are banding together and players are banded together. And the report was that after this happened, 150 plus players of the 324 that were invited were going to boycott right? Like they're not going to participate. They'll come, they'll do some medicals, but they're not going to test, which. Well, they weren't going to do the on-field yeah, right. performance. They're not going to test. Right. right. So, uh, so this is the, probably the quickest pivot I've ever seen from an NFL side of things. And I know you, we talked before we started about some of the reasons why, but I mean, real quick, man, within like less than a day, half a day, maybe they were like, just kidding. No bubble situation. We're good. We're good. You guys can do whatever you want. You can, you're free, free access. You can come in, you can go as you please. You're all right. You're good. Um, well, it's not, it's not open door policy either. Well, I not mean, open read, door, but the, they completely turned again. If you read the fine print, they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they got easier on it, but here's the deal. Yep. COVID's still a thing. I mean, you can't, we're still losing people every day. People are dying because of COVID every day. 
And the NFL did not want to put staff and people in undue situation and the players themselves into an incubator. Because think about this for the NFL. If you go whole, they just took a bunch of heat for having the Super Bowl in LA and like nobody's wearing masks and everything was lifted and everything was fine. And, you know, all the celebrities were there not masked up. Right. And so they took a lot of heat on social media and everywhere else about that. So now what if you go have this combine and coming out of the combine, like you said, there's 300 and something players, 324. What if 80 of them come out of it testing positive for COVID? 80 of them. That's only that's only like four per per you you know for per group really, and if they come out ta- uh, testing positive for COVID, and you have eighty of them now, these players can't do the rest of the pre-draft situation because what's going on? They're going to be recovering from COVID. They're going to be they're not going to be able to do air travel. They're not going to be able to fly around to the teams and do the, all the other stuff that the NFL likes to do. So the NFL is like, well, we'll just bubble it. You know, they don't really need to go out to eat at night. We'll just have extra food here. We won't. uh, They don't need to really go see their agents, you know, in between meetings. They can call them or FaceTime them, whatever. The agent's like, no, because the trainers won't be able to stretch them out. The kids won't be able to do their workouts and warm-ups properly. And then our clients are going to pull, and it's going to be problems, and now we're going to have hurt kids. And the NFL didn't listen to that argument. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? I heard it was 15 of the top agencies just bound together and said, listen, we're not going to let our kid do the on-field stuff because they won't let them warm up and do things properly. They can go interview. They can go test as far as like, you know, I think they're going to let them do like bench, broad jump, and vertical, but none of the position drills and not the 40s. Well, <clears throat> why is that a problem for the NFL? Well, why is anything the problem for the NFL? Money. Yeah. They have this thing called Path of the Draft that they put on the NFL Combine, and it has all these players blazing speeds, running 40s, doing workouts, which is a huge thing for the NFL Network to drive viewership to the NFL Network for people to see it and for people to report on the NFL Combine is a huge thing and have that footage of players performing at the NFL Combine to talk about during draft process and stuff is huge. Without that content in the can and without that programming going on the station, it's a huge problem for them. Mm -hmm. So therefore, when they are, like you said earlier, the numbers were about half of the kids were not going to perform. Now that the guys are like, all right, well, we got to lift that band, which is, again, pivoting because of money. And it shows you how limited – the NFL power structure really is when it comes to agents because it only took 15 agencies, which when I say agencies, it's almost 15 people. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not like an agency of a hundred people came together and all of them. No, it's like 15 people called each other and said, Hey, let's not do this. Let's, let's band together and keep our clients from going there. Right. Right. Well, it, uh, man, I was just worried for a second though, David, to be honest. And this was just completely selfish on my part. Well, actually two, two things, right? So the selfish part was, I love watching the drills, man. Like that's that's awesome. You know what I mean? I want to see the forties. I want to do all that stuff from a media perspective, right? And the other part of me was like, oh my god, now we're gonna do the pro day stuff again. We're all these bumped up, stupid. Everyone's running four threes, and I just can't. I'm gonna lose my mind because now we're not talking about like legitimate, verified information. Now we're talking about students or, or athletes being in their home stadium and being super comfortable and being hand timed and all that type of stuff, man. Like I was just like 
selfishly like, oh my God, for my own purposes, for my own scouting purposes, I, I, this is selfish. I'm, I'm admitting this. And, yeah, and, and to any of our true viewers, this isn't a surprise at all. Rose lead back to Ryan's sanity and what he needs. It's not even you know, sanity, it's not about what the kids man. need. It's, it's, what, it's, what, it's what Ryan needs and for him to be happy and keep him sane. You know, I, I just it drove me crazy. What was it? Two years ago now, I guess. Well, no, no, there was two no there was ago. no combine last year. There was no combine last year. Everybody and their mother was running a four three. Everybody and their mother. I'm like, you guys don't run four threes, man. Like, I don't care. I'm, I don't. I don't care what yeah, you're saying. No, right. La- you're right. It was last year, two yeah. years ago. They had the combine, and then everything got shut pro down. Days right got after shut out. Yeah, pro days got shut down two years ago. Yeah, yeah, pro days got shut man. down where a lot of kids didn't have comparables and measurables to the guys that did get to go to the combine. Do you like the combine? last year? There was no combine. I love the combine. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a it's like a great for, like, for, like from a team perspective though like did you like going to the combine and doing like the scouting side of everything? Oh, I I enjoyed the hell out of it. I I mean my favorite place was sitting with Dave Gettleman, about seven rows behind Al Davis, <laughs> where Al Davis would sit with Bill Parcells, and I would sit with Ernie Acorsi, Dave Gettleman, and like Tom Coughlin and other people would come around and obviously talk to everybody in the stands. This was before they opened up all the suites and now, and then, you know, it was where everybody sat in the stands still. So you could walk around and meet some great people just by them walking by and shaking their hand. It was, I mean, you'll never see that environment again. And I'm so fortunate as a football junkie that I am to be able to have done that and had those opportunities to see these legends of like Ron Wolf and and all of them sit in the stands in time and how important the 40 times recordings were and how precise you had to be because it's just it was important. Um, and again, I, I, I enjoy the heck out of the environment and more so with the environment. It's how are the kids responding to this environment? Who's rising to the top of their group? Yep. Who's being an encourager in their group? Who's supporting people? Who's showing that they got the true leadership, respect of that group? Because that group is, the, you know, the safety groups, like the top 20 safeties in the country, and those are the top 20 safeties going to get drafted. Well, who's the leader? Who's right. the guy that's going to – who all week was on time? Who was the one that had to be called and get up out of bed? You know, who was one running late all week? And this is the most important job interview. And like you got to assess how they're handling it mm-hmm. over a three-day period when they get into town and how they handle every aspect of it and the grind of it. It's really fun to evaluate the kids this way because, you know, it's the pressure of having money is, is really duplicated in the process that they put the kids through at the combine. And so, you know, a lot of people complain about the late nights and this and that. But these kids, when they have money, they go out partying, they go out drinking, they go out, you know, they got their friends coming to town, family coming to town, wanting to do things. Well, the combine kind of gives you a, a three-day period of a similar thing that you might go through once you get into the NFL and how do you handle that um, amongst other people that are handling it too. You yeah. know, they're handling it just like you. So well, that, that's I enjoyed it. I have some great stories, you know, from it. Obviously, I made great put players through that process. And Yeah. It was it was a god of fun. I enjoyed it. Well, that that that's what that's my favorite part though from an evaluation perspective is that we have 324 players that are all in the same environments, running on the same field, doing the same drills, and all the same situations, right? So I think that's it's a legitimate even playing field for everybody, which I, I love. Like that's just my favorite part. It's like why why oh uh, we can still go run 40s at a school. Like I said before. 
a laxed environment. You're going to test a little better. Like I, I like the uneasy, une, uneasiness a little bit. You know, it's going to make guys perform and rise to the occasion. Like you're saying, it's not easy. It's a grueling couple of days to say the least on top of all their testing and their medicals are talking to teams and being gr- grilled and doing all that type of stuff, which I think is a lot of fun. I was at the combine two years ago, the last one that we had, and obviously I was just media access, but it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed Indianapolis. So, um, I had a question and I just lost it, David. I just lost. Oh, here, ready. So I saw somebody said this. Okay, when when it first happened, I saw someone. Oh boy, I saw someone say, um, "Oh, it's not a big deal if these 150 guys don't have their verified uh, speed and stuff because now everything everybody has the GPS tracking technology." What is your response to that, David? That they can calculate game speed and 40s don't matter anymore. Again, a lot of my scout buddies are going to this argument as well. Many of them are, I think, leaning on it too much. But it's an interesting argument because we talk about playing speed. We've always talked about there's a different speed from track speed to playing speed. So now that you're actually tracking playing speed when they are on the field and their acceleration, when someone's chasing them, they got the ball and the and the 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 adrenaline's flowing to score a touchdown versus run a 40 it's an interesting argument because you're truly tracking play speed you know i'm not overall like i i can turn tape on and say that guy's got playing speed because you know these guys aren't catching him and then i get all the 40 times and the guy that i said couldn't catch him runs a 445 and you know he only runs a 465 well i could say the three times they played him in college that 435 never caught that 465 you know what i mean like i don't need a gps tracker to tell me that that happened right um, but again, as the closer we get to this full on blown analytical society, which isn't scouting and for anybody I offended, I don't care. Um, uh, but it's not scouting. It's uh, analytical numbers and, you know, measurable thing. So the, fur- the closer we get to all that, the, the more people are going to try to put, you know, weight behind this, you know, mm-hmm. analytics and playing speed i i just say playing speed is playing speed you watch the tape you see it you don't need a number to verify it now you have to compare obviously if that db ran a four six five and the uh, receiver ran a four six two at the combine right or in their pro days now you go okay how much is that playing speed really going to translate to the nfl Mm -hmm. the gps tractor just takes that out of it because you know if their acceleration is you know 85 miles an hour or whatever you know that a tyree kill would get versus somebody else's acceleration that's with 72 miles an hour it's it's obviously equatable a number that can be measured Right, right. It, it's it, it definitely is an interesting conversation. I I subscribe to it to a degree. I would say I, I'm I'm the same way with you. It's like I think that it's valuable, but I don't want to overly use it. Right, like because I think that it takes kind of the human element out of it a little bit, and that's why I hate about some analytics just in general is the fact of like we're still evaluating people, right? People making people decisions, and when we put numbers to everything, then we're kind of not quantifying them as people anymore, right? Like they're just kind of a thing at that point, which is like there's there's human error. Like you have to count you have to analyze human error. Like that's scouting. You know what I mean? Well again again, you're hundred percent right. You got to evaluate the ability to play the game. Acceleration is acceleration, but again, if you can't judge that if you can't train your eye to judge that, you're not a scout. 
you're not a scout. Yeah. That's and that's just it. People will say, "Oh, well, I got all these numbers and I can show you I can scout better than you." Every bar stool I ever went to, a guy tried to tell me he could scout better than me. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm the one with the hardware and I'm the one with the resume and I'm the one who can walk on a field and find a, a running back from some Botuck school in, you know, South Carolina that no one's ever heard of and he signed with the Carolina Panthers and you know for training camp this year and now he's going to the CFL and he's going to go play for the BC Lions but no no number would you wouldn't have had GPS tracker on that kid right. you wouldn't have had any of that because all these schools aren't out tracked with it mm-hmm. so those lower those lower level schools aren't going to have the same comparisons it's still going to take the eyes of an old guy like me hmm. to walk on the field and say that guy can play football you're not old man you're not old. Don't don't put that on yourself. Don't put that on yourself. There's more salt than there is pepper in this beard nowadays. <laughs> all I heard was seasoning, baby. Well seasoned. That's all I heard there. <laughs> but you know, that's just it's like I I I like the idea. And like yeah. like like Kent McLuhan, mm-hmm. who's David and Scott McLuhan's dad, he was a Raider Scout taught me. He's all players make plays. Sure. If a play if a player is good, the numbers will verify and validate it. Mm-hmm. But your eyes will first find them. Yeah. And if your eyes find them then your numbers will support them. But if your eyes find somebody that doesn't have the numbers, yeah. there's a reason why. And often it's injury or off the field, and there's a story. And as scouts, you got to learn how to be a storyteller, not just a fact finder. Well, I, man, I've had this, uh, I've had this back and forth with some people before. You know, it's about um, we start talking about like the. It's not even analytics so much as like you know just. I feel like scouting is becoming kind of like this like spectacle a little bit on Twitter, you know, like people are like, Oh, look at this. Look at my process, my process, my process. Well, if you can't watch film and you can, and you like, if you watch film and you see a guy and you're like, Oh, that's a four, three athlete. And then he, in reality, he's a four, six kid. I don't give a shit about your process. Cause you're going to get bad results every single time. It's a result based business, man. So if your process is leading you to bad results, Fix your fucking process, okay? That's all I have to say. I'm well, sorry. Again, little... most of the Twitter scouts, not all of them, most of them don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm, they, I'm a Twitter know. scout. I'm a Twitter scout. I just want to put that out no, there. I'm, I'm, not, throwing, that I'm not throwing shade on Twitter scouts. I'm just putting that out there. I'm yeah. throwing it. I don't care. Yeah, you can throw you it. Know? I'm one of them, so go ahead. Oh, I know you are, but I, again, I do a show with you now for 77 episodes. We taught a whole course together. You know, you you're a little bit on a different level than most. Ninety nine percent of those Twitter scouts. When I get on, you know me, I have to blow them up because, you know, they're just full of themselves and they got some followers and they think they know something, but they would never make it in a draft room. And then they pump up a bunch of kids and lead them down paths that get them to into trouble because the kids are believing what the Twitter scouts are saying versus the real ones. You know, and again, there's there's. 324 kids going to the combine. There will be 257 draft picks. Yep. Okay. So that means kids, if you're listening and parents, there's about 70 kids that will be going to the combine that will not get drafted. There'll be another 10 that flunk physicals at the combine. And there'll probably be another 10 that don't get drafted because they got replaced by someone who didn't go to the combine that mm-hmm. made a blazing speed or something at a pro day. Yep. So you're looking at nearly a hundred kids from the combine will not get drafted. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely so just right. Because you got your golden ticket doesn't mean you're getting drafted in those 254 picks. Yeah. And can I say one more thing about the Twitter thing for a second? Cause you just hit on, a, you hit on a key point, David, you did. 
All right. We had um, at College Ground Showcase this year, we had – so for people that aren't familiar with it, we have the College Ground Showcase and then we have the Small College Showcase, right, which is our Marshall group, which is the smallest – you know, the, the kids that are coming from very small schools, like they're NAIA kids, some FCS, but for the most part, Division II, Division three team. And they're, they're all UDFAs, right? Like none of those kids are getting drafted. And there's this one kid that came there. I'm not going to throw names out there. This, this guy on Twitter wrote this article, this summer scouting thing, and gave him a third-round grade. Third-round grade. What is the point of that? That's so irresponsible, man, because that kid DM'd me that article about, oh, look, I'm a third-round player, my brother, my friends. And I said him straight, and I was very respectful. I really was. I was like, man, all respect here. That's not helping you. It's not. It's not helping you. Go find actual feedback from people that have a say, that have experience, that have an eye, that actually can give you constructed feedback because that's not helping you right now. It's not helping you. So be careful what the 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 narrative that you're throwing out there in tw- in the Twitterverse. Be please just understand that these young that these guys that we're watching are people, <laughs> right? Like it's not like they just play on Saturdays and then they disappear from the world until the next Saturday, well, that, right? It's like but again, it's like that's the accountability that lacks with a lot of the Twitter scouts and the social media world. I had to sit in a room and verify my opinion and my and what I was saying to Al Davis yep. for years. So I have I had to go get my accountability and beat into me mm-hmm. by him and others that I've worked for, right? Mm-hmm. These Twitter scouts, they don't have accountability because they just move on to the next draft class. They don't care what happened to that kid. Yeah. You know, and the kid, like you said, he thought he was a third round pick. He's a UDFA at best. At best. And, you know, when he, he's making a decision thinking he might be a third round pick. And I, again, I just, I, I feel for the kids because they don't know no better. And the kid, the guy on Twitter who wrote the article, I don't know who it is. I didn't watch it. Obviously, yeah. you know me. I don't pay attention to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he might have had like, you know, 10,000 followers. And so the kid was like, man, this guy really knows what he's talking about. He's got 10,000 followers and, you know, he's got, he's got cloud. He's got a blue check mark or whatever. And, was that and a therefore, shot? you know, was that a shot at me. Was that a shot? No, that wasn't honestly. <laughs> it was just like, it was just like, well, I can't get verified, but you're verified. But I'm just saying, I, hey, I, that's not jealousy. That's just a fact. <laughs> so, um, but again, it was like the kid, you know, probably that was the most research he did on who was saying what was said. And then he read the article with the rosy red glasses on because he mm-hmm. wanted to hear what that was being said yep. about him. Yep. And mom and dad got all hyped. And grandma was like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. You're going to be a third round pick. But no one checked the source. Right. And if you don't check the source, you're going to fail with this. And even some of the top bullhorns in the business mm-hmm. get it wrong. For sure. You know, when you get to us when we get into the room. Yeah, we even get it wrong. And we get paid a lot of money when we're in those rooms to get it right. Yep. But the processes, you know, often break down. People go with gut feelings too often and it breaks it down and you make long, you know, wrong shots in the draft room. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a great conversation to end us here, David. Again, we have Mr. Jose Jefferson on, executive director of the College Ground Showcase, to talk about his Scout um, Combine Academy that is coming out very soon here, um, March 13th through 14th in Fort Worth, Texas, to, to uh, service some of the NAIA, Division II, Division Three, and, of course, the transfer portal players to get some verified measurements and the availability out there to um, just get their name. And I mean, like you said, what do you say? 6,000 plus 
players are in this are in the transfer portal right now. Like it's a crazy number. So great conversation there. Tried to get Jackson Scott Brown on, of course, p- playing soon here in the USFL, which is drafting right now as recording on a Tuesday night. We're unfortunately having some technical difficulties, so we'll get him on next week when he is an official member of the USFL. And of course, we talked a little bit of the combine and all the mishaps and uh, the quick pivot by the NFL to uh, kind of save face on the NFL combine. This is Ryan Roberts, David Turner, Mass Sports Take 77. We appreciate everybody out there. If you all could please, 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 before I kick it to my friend for his final word, this way, point it the wrong direction. Before you log out, you sign off, you shut your phone off for the night, or you turn your phone off because you're about to go to work, right? Maybe we're first listen of the day. We appreciate you if we are. We would like you to like, share, subscribe. Give us a five-star radio on Apple Podcasts. Really do appreciate it. Switching over now, we were on um, one, Repu- um, one Republic, I was <laughs> one institution network. Now we are a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure that you like and subscribe and get us on a trajectory over there. Continue the momentum that we have built for 77 episodes. Kicking it over to David Turner for the final word of the night, as I always do. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, the, one of the bigger news is that I saw that I, we didn't bring up on the show because we had such a packed in, you know, thing going on was that Brian Flores got a job with the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll be a senior defensive assistant. And I think that's one of the smartest moves that you know Mike Tomlin's ever done. But you know, it's it's honestly showing a very good commitment not only to an incredible coach who I think Flores is a leader, a man who I think Flores is, um, but it's also doing what's right by what's called the Rooney rule, right? They named it the Rooney rule for a reason um, because of the commitment the Rooney family had to making sure a fair and equal playing field amongst all in the interview process for different positions. And here you're going to have uh, a coach now on your staff that's suing multiple NFL teams and going to be turning over evidence here soon on one of the other owners um, coaching at your place. And that's a commitment, honestly, to see past – colors he pass um law lines whatever you want to call him and say this is a good man he deserves to have a job and the Rooney family standing up and doing that and making sure this this young this young man this young coach isn't getting just blackballed I applaud him for that I truly do because you know as an individual who's always been there for equality and tried to push equality as much as I can as a white man being a you know ally as much as I can I really was worried about Brian Flores getting blackballed and not getting another opportunity after what he did down there at the Miami, which was an incredible turnaround. And just because he has disagreements with the owner, you know, getting blackballed out of the league would just not be fair. And then he stands up for the injustice and files a lawsuit in order to turn over evidence and show that somebody was playing unfair and he was being treated unfairly through the process. I applaud the Steelers for employing this man and giving him an opportunity. And some will call it a lifeline, but I think it's a well-deserved line for him to get back and coach and, and be a leader of men because that's truly what he is. Yeah, man. And, I mean, the Steelers, just making a traditional Steeler move. Obviously, the, the equality sign of everything is is the main takeaway here. But, man, Brian Flores is a defensive analyst and a linebacker coach. You could do worse. You could do worse in that role. So, Big shout-out to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for a great move. Like you said, Mike Tomlin and, and staff making a tremendous hire, to say the least, getting a guy like Brian Flores on staff. We appreciate everybody again. Mav Sports Take, Episode 77, signing off. Everybody has a great week. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.